Oi, lamented his mother, the rotund Bella Seagull chicken. Why, Jonathan, why? Why must you fly around crazy like a person without a head? It's my fault. And she beat her ample breasts as all mothers, feathered or not, are prone to do. He got those idiotic ideas from me. Why, oh why, did I line his nest with brochures from Eastern Airlines? You're right, Bella, was the smug remark from Morris Siegel Chicken, his father. His craziness comes from your side of the family. What do you mean, my side? Bella beaked back on the defensive. Your brother Sidney, the one who fell in love with the weather vane on a Baptist church yet... He wasn't out of his comb, right? Jonathan. And he turned to his son. You've got to stop this flying business. If the Lord had wanted chickens to fly, he would have given us wings. And what are these? Jonathan answered, flapping his feathery appendages and rising five feet off the ground. Coat hangers? Again with the smart answers, his father said with blatant irritation. Go to your coop without your supper. Morris! Don't say that. He's all stringy and emaciated. It's a shame for the neighbors. They'll think I don't make a meal for my own son. So Jonathan went to sleep without supper. But Bella Seagull Chicken, later that night, did steal in shortly after he closed his eyes to slip a few kernels into his beak. Son, she said sorrowfully, give up this nonsense. Come down to earth. There's a whole life for you down here, plenty to do. You've got friends to play with, a whole farm to dig up. And in the next coop, Rose Knitsburg Chicken has a lovely pullet named Marilyn, a fine, sweet girl, a social worker. She works with capons, helps them to readjust. Would that be so terrible if you got together? You don't understand, Mom. Ever since I was an egg... Things have been laid out for me. I appreciate what you and Pop have done for me, but I've discovered there's something bigger out there than just pecking around a barnyard. There's flight. Freedom. All I know is the life I grew up in, Bella said. But by then, Jonathan was dozing, with a smile on his beak. For in his dream... He was soaring high in the clouds, even faster than the swallows. For whose benefit? He was holding up a sign. Capistrano, this way. Giving him a final pat, she went back to her nest, where three eggs awaited her warmth to help them hatch. Even a mother's entreaties cannot stay a headstrong boy from his dreams. And the next morning, and the next, and the next, and the next, he was in the air, perfecting his art each hour discovering new ways to sharpen his skills. Inside rolls, outside rolls, barrel rolls, even onion rolls, which he obtained by swooping down on Grosinger's, for a chicken still has to eat. From that modest 50-foot level, he had vaulted ever upward, a hundred feet, five hundred feet, even to a thousand feet. Where the air was colder, the winds wilder, with his increasing altitude came a corresponding increase in speed. Thirty miles an hour, forty, fifty, and he knew that by further straining, there was no limit to what he could achieve. Flushed with triumph from his latest ventures in the sky, Jonathan again came fluttering down in the midst of the flock, 
an exultant Geronimo issuing from his bill, his childhood pal Henny Younghen Chicken, the acknowledged funny fellow of the flock, who because of the farm's proximity to those great Catskill hotels and their entertainers had picked up such humorous gems as, why does a chicken cross the road? To get a hen with a yen. Show me an old chicken production of Shakespeare and I'll show you a foul play. Greeted him with an amazed, Wow, Jonathan, that's some finger-licking flight. A remark which drew dark mutterings, for a term like finger-licking in a chicken's frame of reference was strictly hardcore pornography. Foul mouth, one hen said heatedly.